With working women, how many things are you expected to do on a daily basis? It's impossible to do it all, yet we're asked to each day. Listen to hear how one high-wire woman, Rosanna Berardi, stays on the high wire while managing a busy law firm, a consulting business, teaching at a law school, parenting her 14-year-old son, and maintaining a happy and healthy marriage. Let Rosanna show you how to make sense of your life and stay on that high wire. Hello, high wire women. Well, today we're going to talk about getting fit and healthy. And before you turn off this podcast and say, I don't want to hear this. I hear this everywhere I go, everywhere I look, hear me out. You can do this and I'm going to show you how. So I'm 49 years old. I just turned 49 about a month ago. 40s have been rough for me. I was diagnosed with breast cancer. I lost my mom, had a miscarriage. My husband had a heart attack. 40s have been rough. And prior to 40, I never had an issue with my weight or my health. You know, when I was in my 20s in college and in law school, it was easy to work out. My job was to study. Uh, I had always a part-time job and it was easy to fit in a workout. So I was like, this is great. Like, what are people complaining about? It's so easy to be healthy. Well, enter the 30s when you get married and have kids and a job. It's really hard. And I've never been one of those 4 a.m. people that can work out that early. So for the last nine years, I've struggled significantly. I've gained a significant amount of weight, about 30 pounds, which is really hard for me to say, but in the spirit of full transparency, that's where I am. And I've struggled over the last nine years of trying everything, trying low carb, trying Weight Watchers, trying this, trying that. And after a few days, you know, quit and move on. But finally this year, this year, year number nine of this battle, I feel like I've made some really small but impactful steps forward. It's taken me forever, absolutely forever. And today I thought I would share with you what I do and how I do it and how you can do it too, because you know what? It's not that hard. And I've got to tell you, before you turn this off again, bear with me. We all know what to do, right? We need to move more and eat less. It's really not that hard, but we make it really, really hard. So especially, I mean, 2020, my God, we're stuck in our homes, nothing to do. At first, it was so exciting. People are baking banana bread, making sourdough starters, repainting the bedrooms. Like it was really fun. It was like a prolonged snowstorm. But fast forward to almost a year later, it's not fun anymore. Every day feels like exactly the same when we're working from home. There's no opportunity to commute, walk to the water cooler, have lunch with your friends, or go to a happy hour after work. Instead, we go from screen to screen to screen and eat all day long. It's hard. Food is one of the only highlights right now in our very narrow worlds, and we're going on a year of that. And without a doubt, if I work from home, I consume way more calories than I do when I'm at my office. It's just too easy. It's easy to just go grab a cookie or something when we're bored at work or, you know, we're home and they're in the pantry. So, you know, we all know what to do, right? We've heard that sugar is really bad for us. We've heard that sitting is the new cancer of our generation, 
We've been told we've got to walk those 10,000 steps a day. We see these suggestions over and over again. I mean, if you go to the grocery store, which I pride myself on saying I don't, but if you do and you're standing in the checkout line, every magazine cover that's geared towards women is all about losing weight, exercising more, lose 20 pounds this week. There's always something enticing us, promising us, hoping that we'll buy into it. But none of those extreme things really work. I don't know about you, but when somebody tells me I can't have something, I want it all the more. And that to me has always been the problem with dieting. I absolutely love to travel pre-COVID. We travel a ton of times. And part of my interest and allure in traveling is to go to new places and try out new foods. And I did a lot of that and enjoyed it, absolutely enjoyed every moment of it, but it adds up. And especially everyone who knows me knows we're Disney addicts and go several times a year. And one of the best parts about Disney, like forget the rides, you could take the rides all day long. I don't care, but give me a resort and a great restaurant at Disney. And that's my happy place. Plus they have like an amazing amount of snacks, Mickey Mouse ice cream bars, you know, all those things that are bad for you are there. So, you know, we know what to do. We've tried these extreme things. They don't work. And right now it's the dead of winter on the East coast. It's been a tough winter throughout the country. You know, whoever thought Texas would be hit with a storm and lose power. And it's really hard. It's super tempting to sit on that couch each and every day and doom scroll or watch Netflix or, you know, just sit there. It's hard to get that motivation. So what do you do? Like, what do you do? So what have I done? So in the last year or so, I decided to bite the bullet and hire a personal trainer. I know big eye roll. Everyone's like, of course you did. Of course you hired a personal trainer. That's just who you are and what you do. But I challenge you, if it's not a personal trainer, then it's something online. But I hired a personal trainer initially twice a week to come to my house and ring the doorbell and make me work out for an hour each time. For the first maybe, I don't know, nine months of that, it was okay. I didn't love it. I did it because I was paying to do it. But I had an epiphany of sorts maybe three or four months ago in which I realized like I take really good care of myself. I was exercising. I'm up to date on all my doctor's appointments. I go for a yearly skin check. I get facials. I take really good care of myself, except in one area. And that area is food. And why? Because that is freaking hard. It is hard to lose weight, especially once you're past 40 and your metabolism slows down and you lose muscle mass and all of that stuff. And it's really, really hard. So as many of you know, I had COVID at the end of December and had a lot of time on my hands. Felt like crap for a couple of weeks, but luckily it was a mild case. But I had a lot of time on my hands and started just doing a lot of reading. And one of the medical issues I've struggled with the last couple of years is that I have a really high inflammation rate. And how do I know that? When they do your regular blood testing, they can test your CRP level. It stands for something. I'm not sure, but if your CRP level is really high, that means you have a lot of inflammation in your body. And why is inflammation bad? It's the precursor to every horrible disease. Think of every disease that you don't want to die from. Cancer, Alzheimer's, heart disease. If you have a high level of inflammation in your body, like I do, 
you are more likely to suffer from those diseases. And I've been reading about, you know, non-inflammatory diets and how to really control inflammation. And I've had extensive testing done. And what did I discover after all of my research and all of my tests was that the culprit and the cause of the inflammation is one thing and one thing only. And that, my friends, is one of my most favorite things in the world, sugar. I know, groan, eye roll, turn the podcast off. You don't want to hear about this, but you have to. Please, please, please give me five minutes and I will tell you what I've learned. Sugar is killing us. It's true. It is absolutely true. So the American Heart Association recommends limiting sugar to about six teaspoons a day. It's 24 grams, six teaspoons a day, which when you think about six teaspoons, that seems like a lot. Ready? The average American consumes 77 grams a day, which is more than three times the recommended amount. Just think of that. Sugar's in everything. You're like, there's no way I eat that much sugar. There's no way I do that. Well, guess what? If you drink a soda a day, there's 10 teaspoons of sugar in that can of Pepsi or Coke. Same thing with Gatorade or lemonade or any of those sweet sugary drinks, juices, apple juices, orange juice, tons and tons of sugar. And sugar's in everything. And I would like to profess that I am a recovering sugar addict. I feel like I have come to terms with my sugar addiction. And, you know, if someone let me, I would eat cake and sugar and chocolate all day long. You know, I think I was raised that way. My mom, God bless her and rest her soul. My mom couldn't have a cup of coffee without something sweet. She'd call it a goodie. Oh, do we have a goodie to go with the coffee? Or when I was studying, you know, in college or law school, I'd be sitting at my desk and she would bring me like a little, you know, plate of cookies or brownie. And I loved it. That was my mom's love language, sweets and food. And I love that. I wouldn't trade any second of that. And I do it with my son. When he studies now, I always bring him a little something. But normal people could have that little something once in a while and be fine with it. But for me, I couldn't. I mean, especially with having a teenager in the house, Selter is a super healthy eater, but we still have a wide variety of cookies and chocolate and stuff in the house that I would eat every single day. And pre-COVID, and even now that I am back in my office for part of my schedule, I would come home from work and like an alcoholic that would reach for a drink, I would reach for a bag of the mini Reese's peanut butter cups. Love, love, love those. Salvatore had a peanut allergy, a severe peanut allergy for the majority of his life. In the last couple of years, he has outgrown that through a desensitization process, which means he has to eat four mini Reese's peanut butter cups a day. Imagine that being your medicine. Well, it's fantastic for him. He's 14, plays football, lifts weights, and his metabolism goes a million miles an hour. Not so good for his mom in her late 40s that is pounding four to eight Reese's peanut butter cups a day. Bad stuff. And really, you know, if I thought about it, my death row meal, I don't know if you ever thought about what you would order if you were on death row. Mine would be like 90% sweets, chocolate cake. But 
this sugar and this addiction has been slowly killing me. So about a month ago, maybe kind of the beginning of January, I decided I was done. I was done. I was quitting cold turkey. Sugar's an addiction. Read about that. And it'll scare you actually, because they say it's as addictive as cocaine or any type of highly addictive drug. So I decided, okay, I'm going to just go cold turkey. You can't just say I'm going to have a little cocaine or a little sugar. You just got to stop. So I did. The first two weeks were horrible, awful. I'm not going to lie. I craved it 24 hours a day. It's all I wanted and thought about. It was super, super hard. Now, just to clarify, I am still eating natural sugars like a piece of fruit, you know, a banana, an apple. I'll still do all of that, but I won't do anything processed. And have I been 100% successful? No, I'm probably about 80% successful. And I'm really proud of that. That to me is like climbing the Mount Everest of dieting. It's not even dieting though, just healthy eating. I've tried a million times to say, I'm not going to have sugar. I'm not going to have sweets. I work in an office in which we get a lot of love from our clients. There's always somebody dropping off sponge candy. That's like my favorite food. And everyone that knows me knows that. Cookies, cupcakes, muffins, desserts. There's always stuff at the office. And I used to just partake in it all the time. So I quit sugar. The first two weeks were terrible. Like I said, now I'm not perfect and that's fine. Being perfect is what was my roadblock for all of the other failures in the past. I would eat a cookie and then say, well, guess I can't give up sugar. I'll never try again. Now I'm trying to do the 80-20 rule where like 80% of my life, I'm not eating processed sugar and 20% if it's a weekend or I'm out or I want to have a hot chocolate bomb with my family, I'm going to do that. And I have to tell you, you guys, it's been about, I don't know, maybe six or eight weeks. I feel a hundred percent different. I used to be super achy and always tired. My joints would hurt. I would just feel terrible all the time, even though, you know, I'd exercise and think I was being healthy. I couldn't walk by a piece of chocolate or cookies without eating four or five of them. Again, don't get me wrong. I occasionally indulge in sweets, but only a couple times a month versus every day. And it's hard, truly, it is, especially since I'm an emotional eater. But if there's one thing you can do, my friends, to improve your health, just cut some of it out. You don't have to go cold turkey. You can just say, okay, I'm not gonna have, you know, if you drink soda, the easiest way to cut sugar out of your life is not have artificially processed drinks. The last year or so, I've probably spent a million dollars on Perrier seltzer water. I love sparkling water. Even if I go out to dinner, I'll just get club soda and a lemon. It's fizzy. The lemon sweetens it up. They have a zillion types of naturally flavored sparkling waters. Those are a great and simple switch that you can easily make that will cut out some of your sugar. And, you know, it's really important. It's changed how I feel. And I was looking online before this podcast, and here's some additional motivation from our friends at WebMD that addressed, you know, how sugar is killing Americans. And here are all the things. Okay, we all know sugar is bad for your teeth. You've heard this since you were a kid. Yep, sugar is bad. It lingers on your mouth, causes cavities. Joint pain. Yes, me. That was me. If you have joint pain, here's more reason to lay off the candy. Eating sweets 
has been shown to worsen joint pain because of the inflammation it causes in your body. If you have too much sugar, you can even develop rheumatoid arthritis. The way I understand it based on all of my research and reading is that sugar is like putting fuel on a fire. It lights up your whole body. It's really bad for your skin, makes your skin age faster. You know, it ages your skin, damages collagen and elastin in your skin, the protein fibers that keep your skin firm and youthful. Well, if you eat a ton of sugar, unfortunately, it makes your skin wrinkly and saggy. That's really sad. Who wants saggy face? Terrible. Sugar destroys your liver. That's not good. Your heart. Lots of sugar splurges are really, really bad for your heart. And the reason for that is it creates extra insulin in your bloodstream, which can affect all the arteries all over your body, which then causes the walls of the arteries to get inflamed, grow thicker, think about it, and more stiff. And this stresses out your heart and damages it over time. Too much sugar can lead to heart disease, heart attacks, strokes. You know, we always think of heart disease related to eating like steaks and French fries. And that's not good for you either in excess. But really, when we think of sugar, we think of diabetes, which of course is interrelated, but sugar has a major impact on your heart health as well. And research also shows that eating less sugar can help lower your blood pressure, which of course is a major risk factor for heart disease. So got to protect your heart, your liver, your skin, too much sugar stresses out your pancreas, your kidneys, your weight, obviously. But the more sugar you eat, the more you'll weigh. And again, research shows that people who drink sugar-sweetened beverages like Pepsi or Gatorade or iced tea tend to weigh more and have a higher risk for type 2 diabetes than don't. It's incredible. So you could actually gain like two pounds in less than two months just by, you know, having sugary drinks in your diet. And again, it inflames your fat cells, causing them to release chemicals that increase your weight. So you can work out like a maniac. And if you're still popping sugar like I was, you're not going to get anywhere. So again, I feel like a totally new person. This has been really hard for me. I've struggled with this for nine years. And most of you know, when I put my mind to do something, I do it. I have not been able to do this successfully. And it's been really hard. And I guess my advice to you, if you're going to try this or try anything to make you have a healthier and better life is don't set yourself up for perfection. Don't be perfect. You don't have to. You just have to be better. And I watched a TED talk over the weekend that was talking about how we fail at dieting and healthy living because of this fixation on perfect. And the speaker had a really, really interesting story to tell. He said it was the pandemic. He was feeling lazy and fat. He decided he was going to sign up for a marathon. And he spent all this time with, you know, writing out an elaborate training schedule and, you know, trained for a couple of days and then quit. And he quit because it was too hard. It was too much. So he said to himself, listen, I know that I can run for at least one minute a day just one minute, because no matter how busy you are, you do have one minute, whether it's running up and down your stairs or running outside. So every day, his goal is to run one minute a day, which sounds ridiculous. 
Some days he'll run for 15 or 20 minutes or even for a half an hour, and he feels great about himself. But on other days, he just does that one minute, but it's still an accomplishment. So set some easy and accomplishable goals. And before you know it, you'll get into a habit of doing something. If you add sugar to your coffee, you know, have it every other time or, you know, every other time for a week and then every two times. And then, you know, you wean yourself off. Just do one tiny little thing. It's the small little things that have the greatest impact on our lives. Another thing that's really helped me, again, I said I have a trainer about three months ago, like I had this epiphany of, hey, you know, I need to do this. This is insane. I'm a cancer survivor. I have a great life. I have a 14-year-old who I'm obsessed with. I love my business. I love my family. What am I doing? I'm killing myself. So I tried to up my fitness game, which has worked, but it's worked because it's manageable. Now, the Mayo Clinic recommends that we get 150 minutes of moderate aerobic exercise per week. That's two and a half hours a week, which seems like a ridiculous amount of time. I mean, two and a half hours, like that's a lot. I mean, who feels like working out for an hour a couple times a week? Not many of us. And I'm not alone. It's estimated that 80% of adults aren't meeting the recommended amounts. And who can blame them? Like who has these long gaps of time to work out? And again, when I was in my 20s, of course, it was easy to go to a workout class for an hour. But now I don't have that kind of time. But there's good news. And several recent studies have confirmed that your body benefits from small bursts of exercise just as much from hour plus workouts. It's okay to do 10 or 20 minute, what I call and what my trainer calls movement snacks a few days a week. Get up, walk outside for five minutes, throw on a quick video. I mean, my God, you guys, if you... Google like 20 minute workouts on YouTube. There's a million of them. They're everywhere. They're on YouTube. They're on Google. You could do Peloton workouts from your home. It's never been easier. There's no shortage of that. They're free. It's super, super simple to do. And it's much easier to convince yourself to do something for 20 minutes versus an hour. We have an exercise bike at home that is pre-programmed with these 20 minute hit workouts and their high intensity interval training. So you pedal really fast for two minutes and then you slow down for a minute faster for two minutes, but it's only 20 minutes. And I try to do that at least two times a week in addition to working out with my trainer. And I'll tell you, the only way I can do it is I'm like, it's only 20 minutes. It's only 20 minutes. I have 20 minutes and yeah, it sucks. It's hard, but I always feel better when I'm done. So It doesn't have to be complicated. Go outside. I know it's cold. Bundle up, put on a hat. Your whole persona will thank you from getting some fresh air. You won't die. Take a walk around your block. Or if you work in an office like I do, sometimes I'm in front of my computer for hours. I'll just go walk to the end of the parking lot and come back. It's the cumulative that matters. You know, looking at things in big chunks of two and a half hours a week is a lot. But if you break it down into bite-sized pieces, It's simple and easy. So my health journey is far from over. I feel way better. I feel like I'm eating better. I feel better when I work out. You can do this. If I can do it, anyone can do it. I'm not even tracking my weight. I don't really care about that. I just want to feel better. And I'll tell you, cutting out the sugar has made me feel a thousand percent better. So again, don't aim for perfection. 
You just need to be better, better, tiny little bit better. Set your one minute goal. Who cares? At least you'll accomplish it and feel good about your life, but you can do this. We have been given the opportunity to live in this great country and enjoy our families and have good jobs. And yeah, it's hard. There's food everywhere. There's nothing to do. But remember, you can't undo bad health. I have a sign in my office. I've had it forever. And I tell everyone, health is wealth. If you don't have your health, I don't care if you're a billionaire. I think of Steve Jobs all the time. He's a multi-billionaire. He had pancreatic cancer. No money in the world could save him. And think about that. At the end of the day, nothing can save you but yourself and some healthy eating and exercising habits. So you guys, you can do this. Let me know how it goes. I'm happy to be your support system. If you want to stay on that high wire of life and get it all done and feel great about yourself, try these two things. I guarantee you'll be happy. I know you can do it. I believe in you. And until next time we chat, stay on that high wire.